freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. This show is live every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. East Coast time. That's 4 to 6 p.m. Central time. Today is Sunday, January 8th, 2012. And we have a great show lined up for you here today. We're going to be continuing our ongoing discussion of solutions to the problems that humanity faces in consciousness and as it as it is in regard to the freedom that we experience or do not experience. And of course, those two things, consciousness and freedom, are always directly related to each other. That's what we talk about here on this program all the time. How if we ascend in consciousness, we will become more free. If we do not ascend in consciousness and if we continue to be unconscious about what is actually taking place around us and within us, we're going to go deeper and deeper into bondage and servitude. So today on the show, we're going to be continuing talking about the way out of the mess that we have gotten ourselves into. And we're going to be continuing along the topic of worldview healing for one more week. And I'm going to take calls in the second hour uh, of the show today. And this is because over the holidays, okay, over the uh, Christmas and New Year's break, I wasn't on the last two weeks. I uh, played replays since the show fell on uh, both of those holidays. Um, I saw an overarching dynamic when I was around other people during different um, uh, get-togethers. And that dynamic is what we're going to discuss here today and how this is directly related with the way people see themselves and interact with other people in the world. So we're going to be talking a lot about the love of self today and how that is directly connected with worldview healing. And then we're going to get into some other topics and more solutions as the weeks go on here in this new year of 2012. So I hope the holidays uh, were good to everyone and everyone is ready to go for this year of change as it is prophesied this year 2012. So 
I do have one quick event announcement. At the end of this month, January 25th, the last Wednesday, Truth, Freedom, Prosperity is going to be hosting their monthly documentary screening and discussion night here in Philadelphia. This always takes place the last Wednesday of every month. This Wednesday it will be January 25th, 2012 at 7.15 p.m. at Media Bureau Studios. That's at the corner of 4th and Brown in the Northern Liberty section of Philadelphia. This month, this month's film is going to be I Am Fishhead. A strange name to be sure, but this movie is all about human psychopathy. And that's something we really need to understand very deeply if we're going to be aware of what's taking place around us. The dynamic of psychopathy, critical to understand at a very deep level. We'll be right back after these words, folks. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Let me give the call-in number because I will be taking calls in the second hour. The call-in number for this program is 866-841-1065. Once again, the call-in number, 866-841-1065. So call in and get in the queue, and hopefully we'll have lots of calls for hour number two. Okay, so let's get started. I was going to lay the topic of worldview healing uh, to rest and move on to uh, different uh, grassroots solutions. I was going to be starting to talk about the change in the quality of our attention, developing true present moment awareness, and the change in diet, things that are certainly within our control, uh, most certainly still very much within a modicum of control in our own hands. Uh, these are things that um, we can affect on a day-to-day basis just by applying some willpower. So, Those topics are coming up in future weeks, and we'll touch on a few of them here today. But um, I wanted to continue a little bit with worldview healing for specific reasons, which I'm going to get into today. And we're specifically going to be talking about loving oneself. And I don't mean from an egotistical or narcissistic perspective. I'm talking about truly developing self-respect and self-love. Because this is one of the greatest obstacles and barriers to affecting a solution and really creating positive change in this world. So many people are caught in a state of self-loathing. We're going to talk about that a lot today. And we have to look at these dark states of consciousness. Again, so much of the solution is in the apophatic sense, meaning to simply say no to the things that aren't contributing to our betterment. To say no to the things that are not helping move us forward in consciousness. And we need to pull back and away from those things. And once we do that, 
a solution will practically organically present itself. It's so much more, as I've said time and again, about what we need to stop doing than it is about what we need to start doing. We are trapped in a completely ineffective way of thinking about ourselves and our world and that is leading to completely ineffective actions and behaviors and destructive actions and behaviors that are absolutely holding us back as a species. So in the previous weeks, we've been talking about this concept of a way out of the world that we have created around us and our forebearers have created all around us through negative ways of thinking feeling and acting through poisoned consciousness. And we outlined a few grassroots solutions that we're going to cover in upcoming weeks. We've already looked at the first one in depth, worldview healing, and I'm going to briefly review some of the things that we talked about when it came to worldview healing. And there's nine other grassroots effective solutions that we can employ listed on the website. If you go to the What on Earth is Happening website and click on the radio show page if you're not already there, as always, there are some images listed underneath the player. They are numbered links that you can click that will bring up a slideshow of some of the images that go along with the concepts and topics that I'll be discussing here today on the show. So image number one is simply this concept of the way out or our ability to affect a solution in consciousness when it comes to how horribly astray humanity has gone. So we talked about worldview healing. And again, slide number two is simply the grassroots solutions that I've outlined that we're going to be covering. Slide number three simply shows the topic that we've been discussing over the last uh, several sh few shows, uh, worldview healing. And slide number four is the, the chart that outlines the transition in worldview that needs to be made by each one of us. We need to move from a poisoned worldview to a healed worldview. And worldview is really at the center of the solution. And this can't be stressed enough. Until we heal the worldview, we're not in a uh, within ourselves. We're not really in a position to help anyone else. So we have to understand that human nature, in and of itself, is not fundamentally flawed, and people aren't just out of the womb horrible people like religion wants to teach people. Now, yes, again, we did talk about this condition of psychopathy that exists within a very tiny fraction of the population as a whole, and there is something to be considered there, which is why I'm showing the film I Am Fishhead at the next Truth, Freedom, Prosperity documentary night here in Philadelphia, because if we don't understand the dynamic of this disease, this psychological disease, and it's a, it is a genetic disorder as well, psychopathy, we're not really going to understand the mindset of the, the ruling class that has its stranglehold over the population at the current time. 
So yes, that is a tiny fraction of the population, but this by no means means that the entire nature of humanity is in some way fundamentally flawed. Our nature is fundamentally good, but it is also largely determined as we live. It is very much dependent on the conditions that we surround ourselves with. And that does, um, we do have a modicum of control over what conditions are created. It isn't like just things are just simply happening to us. We are creating a lot of the conditions that are all around us. And through our thoughts, we don't want to change. We want to hang on to certain ways of thinking, okay? Through these um, habits, these horrible habits in thought, we're just letting these conditions continue. And therefore, nothing is changing. And most people think, oh, it's just because people are horrible. No, it's because people are attached to ways of thinking that have absolutely nothing to do with their betterment and can't possibly better them in any way. But because it's all they've ever known, it's all they've ever been taught, and most people don't truly want to think for themselves, they want to be lazy and try to give away personal responsibility, uh, they think that they can continue on these poisoned ways of thinking about the world and other people uh, around them and some th and things will just magically change for the better. Well, it doesn't work that way, folks. We have to change our thinking first. We have to change our worldview first. And then the external surroundings, the conditions in which we live, will change and we'll be able to thrive once that worldview shift takes place. We'll be continuing talking about this on the other side. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Before the last break, we were discussing worldview healing. We were looking at the chart on image number four on the What on Earth is Happening radio show page that shows what a poisoned worldview looks like versus what a healed worldview would look like. The three worldview aspects that need to be ultimately be changed within ourselves is our view of human nature, to get out of this idea that uh, people come into the world born of sin, born of original sin, and we need to uh, feel guilty about that, and we're all deserving of death and horrible things to happen to us, you know, uh, versus the idea that people are born basically good, and it's a matter of what conditions they live in that determines whether uh, they develop into somebody who becomes a caring individual or becomes a psychopathic or secondarily psychopathic individual. And that brings us to our next uh, aspect of worldview healing, which we need to change is our view of the value of the individual. Because if we constantly think of um, people only in the sense of what can they do for me or how much are they worth how much am I worth as far as physical things, a bank account, a house, a car, etc. 
And this is all largely, again, determined. People have these views largely because of the conditions that they live or don't live in. People don't come into the world having a certain view of what the value of a person is. They acquire that view over time through the conditions in which they live. If the conditions are improved, the mental condition and outlook and worldview will also be improved. They go hand in hand. The physical and mental go hand in hand. That's why it's a body-mind-spirit connection. They are tied together inextricably. A healed worldview, which is what we're going to be talking about today when it comes to the value of the individual, is one where of true self-respect, true self-love, and the understanding that we are all of infinite value. That each one of us is a unique creation within this dynamic creation. And no monetary value or numerical value can be placed upon an individual. And that ties together with the concept of the love of self. We have to get out of a self-loathing worldview. What we're going to talk about today is changing this aspect of worldview, the value of the individual. But what we're going to really look at is the value of the self in the worldview. And I don't, I'm not talking about the lowercase s self, not the bodily egoic self, the flesh. I'm talking about the higher self. Do we love the essence of who we are? Or do we have loathing because the lowercase s self can't come into the fullness of the higher case s self, the true self? Do we hate ourselves because of our laziness? Do we hate ourselves because of our lack of will? Do we hate ourselves because of our cowardice? Do we not have enough self-love to want to motivate us to change? And what can we do about that? So the third worldview aspect that needs healing is our view for the possibility of that change to happen in a positive way. How possible is it? Well, I would say it's absolutely possible, but it depends on how much we want it. How much do we care about that change happening? So care, we're going to talk about a lot today. Versus its murderer, its antithesis, which is apathy. Which if we fall into that and give into that, we're essentially lost. Because again, care, and I'm talking about care with a capital C. Okay, true care. To want to align ourselves with the will of creation. To want to align ourselves with the capital W will. Not egoic desires. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about to want to get into the slipstream of the creative dynamic force that is behind all existence where real power lies and step into that slipstream and be a part of it. And that's what this year supposedly is all about in all of the ancient prophecies of all the different uh, civilizations that talked about this time of change and this great convergence. 
Are we going to step up to that challenge, change our worldview, develop true self-love, and make that change come into fruition? Or are we going to fail and go into deeper bondage that the, than the human race has ever seen? Because both of those things are distinct possibilities. Anything can happen. It's not set in stone. It's up to us. If we want to change it for the better, for the positive, that's possible. If we want to sit back, do nothing, not care, give up the power of the generative force, which is care ultimately. That's what love actually is, okay? The power to ascend in consciousness and create that positive change. If we want to step up to the plate and enact that, then the transformative event that has been prophesied about 2012 will happen. If we don't care, if we give in to apathy, the entropic nature of the uh, uh, decay force that is basically the default settings for the universe, the way time moves forward is also the way uh, entropy works. As time moves forward, things naturally tend to break down and go, move toward entropy and chaos. We have to employ will through care, through self-respect, through love of self, if we're going to avoid that entropy and that chaos. And it, it all comes down to how much we care about ourselves. So, you know, religionists who want to talk about, oh, the love of self is, is a sin. It's, you know, that's not what you should be focused on. I say bull and bunk to all of that. The problem is there isn't enough love of self in this world. And I'm not talking about, again, getting into the ego and being a narcissist. That's not what I mean by love of self. I'm talking about developing true self-respect because if you don't develop true self-respect, you can't ever have any respect to give to others, to see them as also a, a dynamic and creative and caring individual that is unique and is a unique creation. So you won't have any respect for anyone else if you don't truly respect the self how could you possibly give any love to someone else if you don't truly have it for yourself it has to start with the self before it can ever flow out to anyone else so in looking at worldview we also talked about the challenge of initiation beginning see this is where the most effort is required to take the first step on the path to begin this journey in consciousness and in spirit. Because, again, another just natural law of the universe is that objects at rest tend to want to stay at rest. Just like people who haven't begun tend to want to stay in that unbegun state. This is inertia. When you want to try to get momentum built up, the hardest part is getting it started. Once it's started, it's easy to keep it rolling. We'll continue to talk about this concept of initiation, beginning the journey on the other side. We'll be right back, folks.
Welcome back. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Continuing to talk about worldview healing, specifically as it relates to the dynamic of love of self and how important the love of self actually is if we're going to affect a solution in the problems with humanity's consciousness in the modern world. This is largely, these are largely problems we have inherited from past generations who have made the world the way that it is through choices because they have been attached to, attached to certain modalities of thought and feeling. And in those erroneous ways of thinking about themselves and others and the world around them, they've essentially erected a prison society. That's the conditions that we currently exist in. Whether you want to accept that or not, whether your eyes are open to that or not, you want to live in denial about that and pretend that nothing's wrong, pretend that you have freedom that you don't have. Go right on ahead pretending because it all comes down to the very first step of initiation of beginning down the path to truth, to love and to freedom. That's what the initiatory journey actually is all about. And that's why the dark occultists of this world, the Satanists and the dark Luciferians of this world call the majority of people out there the unbegun. That's one of their names for you. I don't mean the average listener to this show, maybe perhaps somebody who's just happening to pick up this podcast, happens to wander into the site or the show for the first time. They call people out there the unbegun. They actually call you the dead. Their rationale being if you don't really have, haven't activated your thoughts, emotions, and actions, then essentially you're unconscious, therefore you're dead. And they, they wash their hands of anything they might do to you that's harmful because they say, we're not really doing it to a living person. They're the dead. They're the unbegun. They haven't even be begun living because they are uninitiated. They haven't begun down the path of the spiritual journey in consciousness. And mainly the first reason that people have not begun that journey is because they continue to lie to themselves. They continue to lie to themselves. And one of the first things they lie to themselves about is that they're okay, that there isn't a problem. See, part of what I attempt to do with people is to explain to them, yes, you do need to love yourself, okay? But you can't be thinking that you're perfect. You can't, no one is perfect, okay? Wanting to improve upon yourself because you do care about yourself deeply doesn't mean that you think, doesn't mean that you hate yourself. But it also doesn't mean that you love yourself so much or like yourself so much, I should say, that you don't think there's any room for improvement or that you have anywhere further to go. There's always room for improvement. There's always things that you can uh, perfect upon because no one is perfect. So when I'm talking about self-love, I'm talking about 
developing the desire to want to improve yourself. You know you're not perfect. You know there's always room for improvement. So you want to move toward that state of perfection, even if you never get there. That's what love of self actually is. Now, the New Age movement differs with this greatly because they want to try to teach people in a, a lot of their teachings and in a lot of the teachers, what they espouse is that everybody is okay just the way they are. This is the opposite end of the imbalance. That's not self-loathing. That's thinking that nothing is ever could ever be your fault, that you're perfect just the way you are and you don't need any improvement. And that's also bunk. That's the opposite of the original sin garbage, that you're just totally flawed and you deserve to suffer until you accept a certain savior, which is all about the sun anyway. We've talked about that in, astro -theo in the astrotheology section. But again, we've also talked about how that astrotheological metaphor covers up a deeper inner core tradition related to truth, related to the soul related to the light, related to the love of self and others. Related to worldview healing and resurrection, initiation, making the journey in consciousness and truth. So the first step is to stop lying to yourself. Admit what your flaws are. Don't hate yourself over them. Don't beat yourself up over them, but admit them. Don't live in denial. That's what, where most people are at. Most people, not all, but most. It's true. Most people live in denial all the time. They don't think there's any problem with themselves or the world, and there is. It isn't all okay. People aren't good the way they are. It doesn't mean that they weren't born essentially good. It doesn't mean that they can become good again. But most people are pretty screwed up psychologically, bodily, spiritually. And it's largely because they haven't developed true self-care, true self-respect, true self-love. And I'm going to talk about that dynamic and give specific examples. I'm going to give an example that happened over this holiday break in, within my own family. Just to briefly recap the steps of initiation, and these are in no particular order, you need to enact them simultaneously. You need to work on all of these all at the same time. It's not a linear process. These work in parallel. It's a parallel process, okay? Stop lying, especially to yourself. Stop dreaming, meaning don't engage in cognitive dissonance, thinking that things are really one way when they're exactly the opposite, holding contradictory notions in your mind simultaneously. Well, in truth, there is no contradiction. In natural law, there is no contradiction. So get out of that state in your own mind, the dream state, believing that things are a certain way when they're not. Learn how to think, the process of critical thinking. We talked about the trivium and quadrivium and how these could be employed to truly learn how to think and to remove logical inconsistencies from sets of data. Live in the present moment, something we haven't gotten in too much depth on, but of critical importance. 
And it's one of the actual grassroots solutions that I've outlined that we're going to be discussing in depth later on. Activate the physical body. This has everything to do with care of self. Self-love has to really start with the physical aspects of the self. If you don't take care of the vessel which your spirit inhabits and travels in, how could you possibly say you have any love for self? You know, you can't completely ignore the physical egoic self. It has to be cared for as well. It's your vehicle. It's what the consciousness is within inhabiting so what you put into your body and mind has everything to do with how much you care about yourself we talked about the things that are ultimately holding us back in slide number six I called them the unholy trinity they're all religions I use the term religion here not about the World religions like Islam or Judaism or Christianity or Hinduism or Taoism or Buddhism, etc. Um, that's not the concept I, I'm using religion in here. I'm talking about religion as a concept of mind control, of holding one back from where they really need to go. From the Latin relegare, meaning to tie back, to hold back, to thwart To hold back from forward progress by binding, by tying. That's what relegare means and that is where the word religion comes from. In the positive sense, yes, true religion could mean to reconnect, to tie back to. In the negative sense, which is how I'm using it in this connotation, I'm talking about religion as a whole of holding us back in consciousness and that's what the world is being held back by false belief systems that do not serve us based on things that are not real like money and authority there is no such thing as authority it does not exist in a three-dimensional space-time continuum there's no such thing as money. It is a construct that only exists in the human mind. It does not exist in nature. It is an aberration of the mind. These things completely holding us back. They need to be abandoned. The Oracle broad. Welcome back, folks. I'm Mark Passio, and this is What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. We're talking about the things that hold us back as a species and how developing true self-love will help us to heal our worldview and stop believing in these fantasies. They're phantasms. They're things that are not real, that do not exist in nature, that are only put there to hold us back. They're ideas. They're belief systems. They're not truth. Truth and natural law are the only authorities, and they are not worldly things. 
Authority in man does not exist. Truth is the authority. That's it. Natural law is the authority. You're bound by those things. Whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, whether you want to understand it or not, doesn't matter. Irrelevant. When it comes to truth and natural law, the universe does not care what you think. Get over it. I don't know how many times I can continue to say that, but that's how it is. Most people don't want to accept that. They want to think that they're the arbiter of truth, that it's all relative, that there's no objective truth. You know, they want to think that authority exists in the, in the physical domain and that they can impose their will on others and get away with it forever and the joke's on them. They're kidding themselves. They always have been kidding themselves. Many of them just don't know it in the incarnation they're living in right now. But the idea of authority and government as being one of the members of the Trinity, this unholy Trinity that holds us back, it's, it's the newest incarnation of these mechanisms to hold us back to a low state of consciousness and evolutionary progress. Ultimately, there's a father and mother of this trinity. Again, these are the, the, basis, the basis for this old world order, this direct uh, bloodline rulership of kings that had authority given to them by God, granted by God or the gods to rule over man. And that's where ultimately kingship and um, priesthood came out of in the ancient world, that I'll be the interface between you and God. You can't go direct, speak directly to God. You have to go through me. And I have the authority that was given to me by God the divine right of kings, wonderful concept, basically people convincing other people that they have the right to rule them, that they were given that right by some supernatural entity and therefore government is divinely appointed. It just sounds a lot better than I came over from the next neighboring territory across those mountains and, you know, set up shop here and I'm going to rule you now. And people buy it. They always have bought it. Just like they've always bought money. This other illusion, this other thing that doesn't exist in nature that people believe in as a religion. It's their one and only God. It's the ultimate religion. This is the God of this world. Set up by the old world order to bring in the new. As the birth giver of the new world order. The divine, the unholy mother, I should say. Of this trinity of unholiness. So these occultists created this system so that they can get everybody worshiping it, everybody believing it as, as their religion. And I, I don't care whether it's fiat money or any other kind of money, gold, silver, it doesn't make a difference. It's all a representative construct that does not, is not actually the things that do carry energy. Gold is not food. Gold is not water. You're not going to eat it and get energy from it. It is not sunlight. 
okay? Th that's what energy actually is. That's what real money is. Real money is actually something that's within us, a power that's within us. That's why it's called the one eye. It's the power of the soul. That's the real money. But energy, money representing energy, is an illusion. The only for real forms of energy we need is sunlight, water, food, air, etc. Real resources that enable us to live because they nourish the physical vehicle that we live in while we are in incarnation here on this world. And I don't care how much you want those things to, to represent those other things that you do actually need for sustenance, try and eat some gold and you'll find out just how much it actually is the food or water that you need to subsist. It only represents it and it only ever has represented it. Once you get into that form of thinking that this is that because it represents it, oh, I'm going to use it as a medium of exchange and that's, that, will suddenly, that will suddenly make it okay and it'll never turn into a form of bondage just as long as we all agree that that's the medium of exchange. It doesn't make a difference how voluntary an illusion is. It's still an illusion. Money does not, never has, and never will exist in nature. And by believing in that construct and accepting it as representations for those real-life, physical, natural things, you're always going to go down a path of enslavement. Always. Every time. And I, I'm not a communist or a socialist. I stand totally against those, other, those forms of tyranny and enslavement and control by the state because ultimately we need to get to a point where we recognize there's no authority in man and there is no money. Those two religions need to be abandoned. That's the ultimate solution if you really want to get down to it. Now, how can we do that? Only by raising our consciousness to the point where we understand that we are all one and that as one suffers, all suffer. That's why people can't Stop abandoning, uh, start abandoning and believing, stop believing in those things because they're not at that level of consciousness. That's the very reason they're unable to give up these religions because their consciousness has not evolved to a point where they understand that they are one with everything around them. That's why they still stay attached to these constructs. That some people have authority over other people. That we need money to live. You hear that one all the time. You can't live without money. No, of course not if you think that's your God. If you have no imagination. If, if the belief in this religion has destroyed your imagination to a point where it is impossible for you to even imagine that it's possible to live without this construct of the mind then of course, yeah, it's going to be impossible to live without money and you're going to uh, create chaos by not having it around. When in fact, it's really the thing that's creating chaos in everybody's life and blocking everybody from self-fulfillment. And yet people still want it around and still think it's absolutely necessary. And as long as they do, they're never going to evolve to the point in consciousness that they need to be at. To truly, truly 
effect a solution. So let's talk about the word solution because we're going to really talk about what one of the ultimate solutions to all of these problems are. Again, it's apophatic. It means you have to get rid of something. It means you have to abandon self-loathing. You have to abandon the things that you don't like about yourself by developing the willpower to improve upon those things. That's what development of self-love is. And that's one of the ultimate solutions. As we see on image number seven on the slides, the love of self is about the, the rise in consciousness, is about working upon yourself, is about raising the energy and the vibration within yourself. And that all starts at the heart. That's why this, it all centers around the heart chakra there in this image. It's about care the dynamic of care. When you do that within yourself, when you develop that dynamic energy of care within yourself, that is what is ultimately going to change the conditions. That's what's going to help to change your surroundings. We have to do that on an individual level. And as that fans out, it will express on a world level. We'll be right back. Hey folks. guys, it's Chris. Stay asleep, obey. When he looks at it with his eyes, it's what we see. When he looks at it with sunglasses, we see the same things all the way through. The subliminal symbolic that you couldn't see. Obey, no independent thought. Don't think of yourself. I wear my sunglasses at night so I can so Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We're talking about one of the most effective and powerful solutions when it comes to affecting a change in consciousness as truly developing self-respect and self-love. And in the apophatic sense, this would be abandoning self-loathing. As we abandon self-loathing, beating up on ourselves, hating ourselves, not wanting to improve upon ourselves because we think it's too hard or we're too lazy or it's not worth it. As we stop doing those things because we're developing care, we want to become better. We want to move forward. We're going to be affecting the solution more and more and more and more. And as each one of us contributes to that dynamic, we're going to see the world change at an external level. But as long as we stay in that condition of self-loathing, we don't really ultimately care about ourselves enough to change ourselves, to employ the will, to go against the natural flow of entropy, then we're going to stay exactly where we are and things are going to get worse and worse and worse if we don't employ that effort and that will. Because that is what love is. Love and will are essentially the same thing. And I'm talking about, again, will with a capital W. Not your will to impose anything on anyone else. I'm talking about will. Capital W, will. Developing the desire to affect change in accordance with the flow of creation. 
the dynamic, evolutionary, creative, intelligent, and caring energy that flows through everything. So, I'm going to give some specific examples later on. And we're going to talk about the word solution itself. What that actually means through in occult terms, in green language terms. Let's look at the word solution itself. I'll also be taking calls starting with the next segment. We have a caller waiting on the line. I'll be getting to him in the next segment. Let me give the call-in number once again so people can call in. I'll be taking calls throughout this hour. Call-in number is 866-841-1065. Once again, 866-841-1065. We're talking about the dynamic of the love of self and how this is so important if we're ever going to get out of the situation that we're in in human consciousness. So let's look at the word solution briefly. If we break down the word solution, which is what this is all a part of, soul, S-O-L, when we say that, we're saying the word soul, S-O-U-L, they're, ph- they're phonetically identical by sound, okay? And the soul is the sun, the light, okay? The savior, It also means one, S-O-L, soul, solitary. So all of these concepts tied together in that root, S-O-L, okay? The light, the sun, the soul, oneness. And then the second part, U-T-I-O-N, phonetically, that's saying, at ion, about the third eye, turning it on. Coming into the light, awakening the soul, developing the higher aspect of the self, the one eye, the all-seeing eye, the light or the spark of the divine within each one of us. That's what enacting the solution is all about. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, have you figured out yet, right in the word solution, it's telling you the light at the third eye, the light at the one eye, to turn the eye on with the light of the soul. It's right in the word. The word solution means that. At least in green language, which again, people will just completely dismiss and go right ahead. It's fine. It's almost a mockery of the people who are soul dead, who are asleep at the switch, because the word is right before their eyes, even though they can't see it with the eye, if you take my meaning Let's go to the phones. Caller from New York. You are live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Mike, how are you? 
Excellent. Thank you so much. And good happy, good uh, to hear happy from you. Happy New Year to you, too. And I want to talk about a great show. And let me tell you, that all these past shows from one to now have been absolutely amazing. And the way you've broken it, broken it out couldn't have been better. Uh, I'd, I'd like to talk about uh, something that has really hit me uh, this past year and something as a solution uh, within my own life. Sure. Uh, that you know I, that didn't didn't hit me until these past couple hours or weeks. Even I don't know. I've been reflecting on it a lot, and it comes down to what you're talking about. You, your your emotions, your your education, the things you take in. It all has to do with the word relationship. It's your relationship with your higher self, your true self, your relationship with your creator, uh, the relationship with the people in your life. Everything comes down to the actions, words uh, that that you put out, and also th- that taken that that you take in that are reflected back at you. Um, and I think improving them in every way possible and strengthening them, whether whether it's whether you want to or not, or sometimes whether it's 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 difficult to do. And it, sometimes there are some things you you have to learn to say you're sorry for, or some things you have to forgive and you have to let go. And uh, you know, it may take a long time to do that within your own life, but I think it starts re- releasing yourself from this matrix. Matrix. The solution is the relationships that you build upon in your own life uh, it, within yourself as well. Exactly. And uh, part of what you said there really resonated with me uh, in that forgiveness really has to be enacted from within as well. See, we think of forgiveness all too much in the sense of forgiving someone else. People need to forgive themselves before they can give forgiveness to anyone else, just like they need to have Mm -hmm. self-respect before they can give respect to anyone else, just like they have to have self-love before they can give love to anyone else. So many people can't forgive themselves for whatever reasons. You know, they, they feel like they're just irreparable, that they cannot make themselves whole, that they cannot fix themselves with the uh, the problems that they are encountering or what they may have done to themselves. They feel like it's too far gone, but it's never too far gone. You could always pick up in the moment, activate yourself in the present moment through present moment awareness and say, yes, that was all w- what was going on in the past. That's how I was before, but I can create myself anew in the moment through an act of my will. And that's what forgiveness, self-forgiveness is all about. And uh, that's something that I think people really need to uh, take to heart and keep in mind that you can forgive yourself no matter what you have done in the past. You can say, you know, as long as you're willing to make the corrective action to stop doing those things and to start doing the right things, you can say, I forgive myself and let go of all that negative baggage from the past that was holding you back from moving forward in your life. Self-forgiveness is a huge part of it. That's right. And you cannot, you, can, you said you cannot give it away unless you have it. That's right. Uh, it, all starts, it all starts with, uh, there's some relationships that I've even had in my own life where, you know, I can no longer say I'm sorry to the person, whether they're not here on this planet anymore or, you know, due to the fact that, you know, there's no contact or anything right. like that. But, you know, the best thing you can do is you can take the negative from that and say, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live a better life. And, 
live more responsibly and correct the the actions that that I've done in the past. And it all comes down to to yourself. Are you right. will Are you so willing to 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 forego your conscience and continue on and live in a materialistic and negative self serving way? And that's that's you'll never get out of it unless you forgive yourself and correct your actions and, and try to repair the relationships in your life and create better ones. That's exactly right, Mike. A great way to put it. And uh, that all really does start with the self. It's something that we have the power to make that choice in the present moment. No one but ourselves is holding us back from making that choice and that decision. So it's a matter of enacting the will and, again, letting go of the the. the the attachment that was holding us back in the past and saying, I'm going to just make this change. I'm going to be this change. I'm not going to stay attached because I think, well, I did this for so long. It's pointless to try to change now. It's never pointless to try to change no matter how late in the game it is. So Mike, uh, as always, brilliant points. Uh, I want to thank you for calling in. Uh, and um, is there anything else you want to wrap up with? No, thank you, Mark, and I encourage more people to start calling in and start voicing their opinion. If they keep it inside their head, they're only doing one part of the action. You have to you have to speak into existence the reality for which you want to create, and I urge everybody to start doing that. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Always a pleasure to hear from you. Okay, great call. So let me give the call-in number once again, 866 866- Once again, call-in number is 866-841-1065. I want to briefly talk about uh, something that I mentioned uh, on a show before, and um, this came up over the holiday break as well because uh, three days after Christmas on the Wednesday between Christmas and New Year's, we showed the film Thrive at the uh, Truth, Freedom, Prosperity documentary night in December. And people keep attacking the gentleman who made this movie uh, because it has a high production budget and it's very slickly made and, oh, where did the money come from? Who's funding him? Well, obviously, the guy has some money himself, Foster Gamble. Uh, He he and his wife put a lot of money into this project, obviously. I thought it was a great film. Um, Clearly, this guy knows a whole lot about what's going on behind the scenes. I don't think that you know, his solutions were 100% perfect. Uh, I think he could have talked a little bit more about natural law and certainly could have put more about the occult or something about the occult in. He left it to the, you know, as the top uh, of the hierarchical food chain of control, so to speak, as the the international bankers. Um, Of course, we all know, anybody who's paid attention to this show, that dark occultists lie behind the monetary system. We have proven this time and time again. But um, I I think that Gamble knows these things, but he did not want to put that in for fear of uh, turning people off to his message, for fear of uh, that many people would think that's too far out there, you know, that they're not ready for that. You know, even though he put some things on uh, extraterrestrial intelligence in there. So it was an interesting dynamic. But I want to mention, talk a little bit about people attacking it on the other side. We'll be right back. I was born a shotgun in my hands Behind the gun, I'll make my final stand Welcome back, everyone. I'm Mark Passio. This is What on Earth is Happening. Before the break, 
we were taking some calls. We were continuing to talk about getting out of the destructive habit of self-loathing and developing true self-love. And I, I was starting to talk about Thrive, the movie Thrive a little bit, and how many people are attacking it, saying, oh, because this person came from the Gamble family of Procter & Gamble, that it has to be a deception or some uh, you know, uh, disinformation campaign. And th this is nonsense. I mean, just look at the movie, watch it for yourself with an open mind. He's talking about just about everything that's really going on in the world. If you don't agree with every one of his solutions, okay, not everybody's going to agree on everything. You know, and many people aren't 100% awake to every aspect of this uh, global takeover of humanity. You know, he's doing his best, he and his wife doing their best to put out what they have discovered and what they do know. And they're putting it out there in a format that I think is very exceedingly well done. And most people would not be able to do as good of a job is all I have to say. And, you know, that that's what we're dealing with. Armchair quarterbacks, people who haven't lifted a finger, who haven't opened their mouth, who, who think that they're know-it-alls, but then, you know, when it comes to actually putting that information back out there, as Mike said, you know, as and like I always say, the universe is spoken into existence. We have to Knowing isn't good enough. We have to then put it out there for other people. You know, I asked these people who were complaining about different things when it comes to what other people put out. Where's your website with hundreds of hours of audio on it? Where's your documentary that has Hollywood-like production values and a phenomenal message? You know? And you, you find out what these people have is a big goose egg. That's what they have. Not... You know, and they, they want to complain about what other people are doing. It's, it's almost like people who complain about the commercials on this show. I don't like commercials any more than anybody else does, but I would never, for instance, let's just give an example here. Let's say Henrik Palmgren of Red Ice Creations, a, a phenomenal website. If people don't know about it, you should. Okay. Um, uh, an incredible repository of knowledge with just about, uh, every guest you could possibly imagine. And Henrik does a great job. Um, Let's just say he wanted to start putting ads in his podcasts. Like, do you think that I would email him and say, it's horrible that you've put commercials in your podcast, Henrik? They're his podcasts. He can do what he wants. If I'm downloading it, I should be grateful that I'm getting the information that this gentleman is taking the time to do this and line up all these guests. And the other thing I want to say about commercials is I do not sanction or you know the, these commercials have nothing to do with me it's the net on the network end they're not my um sponsors they don't necessarily agree with what um i'm saying here and i don't necessarily agree with what their products are, are what they're attempting to sell you i think most of the things that oracle puts on their site are on their uh you know uh radio are, are pretty decent products but whatever that is neither here nor there I don't have any control over what ads are being placed on Oracle, okay? So uh, that's the network to pay for bandwidth. This is a live radio network, ladies and gentlemen. Tr try finding out how expensive that is to run, okay? And let me tell you something. I I've said before, y you want to have a live radio show, 
okay? And you don't want to um, have ads to pay for the bandwidth. Find out how much money that's going to run out of your own pocket and see if you would be able to do it. And if you can, wonderful. Put the network together out of your own on your own dime and get all the great uh, radio hosts lined up and I'll come and do a show on your network that's ad-free that you pay for out of your own pocket. I haven't seen anybody do it yet. So when they put their money where their mouth is, there'll be an ad-free, commercial-free radio network that's live. Until then, okay, if you don't want something that's live, do a, do a podcast, and then you don't need commercials in it. This show is a live radio show on a live radio network. That's why there's ads in it. It helps pay for the bandwidth. I understand that business model, okay? Whether you agree with it or don't like the ads, who cares? Tough. Deal with it. I'm tired of hearing. I'm tired of getting an email. I don't want one more email about this. It's a waste of my time to even open it. It's a live radio network. Bandwidth costs money right now in the world we live in. The end. Deal with it. People in the ancient past had to die, die to get this information sometimes, to get this information to other people. They gave their lives to protect some of the mystery tradition teachings. You can't deal with a few commercials. That's the kind of problem that we're really facing in the world is people with that kind of low willpower. Okay. I personally would be able to deal th wade through mountains of junk just to get to the one nugget of gold that I need to hear or see. It doesn't matter who's delivering the message, how convoluted their way of delivering it may be. If I want information, I'm going to go and listen. I'm going to enact my willpower to extract what I need to extract from the person that's giving the message out. And I don't let what they look like dissuade me. I don't let what the ads on their site or on their podcast dissuade me because that's not what I'm worried about. I, I'll tune that right out if I don't want to deal with it or, or hear it. You know, and it's just, it's nonsense. It just shows you how little willpower people have out there to really go after information and change themselves. They would rather fight, fight among themselves. That's what all this infighting is all about too. People who don't really love themselves, who don't really care about really affecting change, that just want to point fingers at other people. And I'm personally tired of that and don't want to see it continue. But, you know, people, you know, are going to do what they're going to do. So that's my two cents on people who want to attack other people who have made, put great information out into the world. And they've, you know, the, the pe person attacking them has done nothing. Or people who want to talk about com commercials and why they won't listen to a particular network or, or show if it has commercials in it. It's, it's all nonsense. And it's all ultimately a big distraction and it ultimately does nothing to advance the cause of human freedom, which is what this is supposed to be about. Let's go back to the calls. Here we go. We'll continue taking calls. And let's see. Here we go. Caller, you're live on what on earth is happening. What do you have for us here today? Hello, Mark. It's Bob from Cincinnati. Bob, long time. Great to hear from you. How are you doing? Oh, it's so good. I'm, I'm getting my Passio fix here like everybody else, so I'm feeling good. Awesome. <laughs> hey, uh, in the old days of entertainment, uh, people would, would say, uh, don't read what your critics write about you. It'll, it will affect your performance. Uh, please pay no more heed to the emails, bloggers, and other fools. Uh, it is a waste of time, and, and you've hit the, the nail on the head. Right. Enough said on that. 
uh, 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 you brought up the name of Neil Donald Walsh about a year or so ago. Yes. Forgiveness of self. Oh yes. yes, what a transformative. He he wrote something that was transformative in my life uh, because a lot of people can't forgive themselves, Mark, because they reach that that point where I knew better. I knew better. I I knew I knew better. Yes. But but Neil Donald Walsh pointed out what uh, instead of focusing on that, one should ask. What was it that drove me that was the driver at the time that I made that poor or horrid mis mistake or decision in my life? And I can tell you in my world, uh, my mistake was fear. I was living in a world of fear. And that, as you pointed out uh, over the, the last year and a half, uh, fear is, is not what it's about. It's the, the false polarity, perceived polarity of love that we need to be in. That's exactly uh, to, right. To Bob, would you, stay, would you stay with us through the break, Bob? Sure. Thanks. Great. All right, folks, we'll be right back. We'll continue with a call from Bob from Cincinnati, and then we'll be getting into a few more other, few other things before uh, the end of this edition of What on Earth is Happening. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening, and I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Before the last break, we were on the line with Bob from Cincinnati, who is also talking about the dynamic of forgiveness of self. Bob, are you still with us? Yes, sir. Okay, you continue. Oh, okay, yeah, but but that, uh, that Neil, Neil Donald Walsh uh, you pointed out uh, is an excellent resource for people. If you are seeking forgiveness of self, uh, Neil Donald Walsh, uh, I, I believe you said his book was Conversations with God. Yes, uh, I believe it's a, a, a series of books that are all about these conversations with God, this automatic writing that he has experienced, uh, the uh, sort of like a channeling of, uh, of higher consciousness information coming through him. And um, I read these books a while back, the first uh, in the trilogy, it was uh, Conversations with God, books one, two, and three, and they're very uh, life transformative. Uh, now, again, Neil Donald Walsh, I don't agree with every single thing that uh, comes through him with his books. I don't. I think he's somewhat new agey, but I have respect for him. I don't need to agree with every single thing he says. I can take the things that he has put forward in his material and uh, take the things that I resonate with and that I want to put into practice in my own life and, and leave whatever I say, oh, well, I think he might need to go a little bit further in his understanding of that aspect or that aspect and not condemn the guy because I don't agree with everything he says. He's not an agent. I think he's a guy who's trying to help the world. He's putting out what he knows. He's putting out what's coming through to him from the universe. And I think he's doing a great job. You know, um, Not every single person will have every single picture of the puzzle, not even me. That's what our task is, to learn what we can and bring all the pieces of the big jigsaw puzzle to the table so we can get it all assembled, collectively help to shift and change our worldview so that we can really do this um, uh, self-healing and self-forgiveness and, and develop self-love together and enact a solution for consciousness so that we can all benefit from that. That's what the whole name of the game is. And I think uh, Walsh is an excellent resource for people who want to uh, look into higher states of consciousness, uh, self-healing, forgiveness, as you've said. Uh, yes, he is a great resource. 
and, and I'm with you, Mark. And the last point, um, I just want to throw three names out there that you sure. mentioned before, but I want to put, it, put them out there. And I thank you, sir. Uh, Royal Raymond Rife. Yes. Uh, he was the doctor who was hounded and destroyed in the 30s. That's right. Uh, who, he came up with uh, fighting cancer and other diseases through frequency and sound waves, which they're just picking up on now. Yep. And so if, uh, if he was able to do that, uh, they are able to create a disease through sound waves right. as well. So we need to be on guard for that. Uh, Wilhelm Reich and his orgone energy, uh, he was hounded and finally murdered, I believe, in prison. Uh, uh, Wilhelm Reich's orgone energy. And then the last one, our old favorite, Nikola Tesla, ether physics and free energy. These three men uh, used the sacred secret of masonry, which Mark has, has pointed out, and that is care, the generative principle, the G in the compass and the square, the unison of thought emotion and action or knowledge understanding and putting it into action which is wisdom you have to act on it and i've learned that kind of the hard way here at the 11th hour marker i'm sorry five past midnight now that this mm-hmm. new criminal legislation treasonous legislation yes. ndaa oh outrageous mark ladies and gentlemen there's no time left uh, you have to become aware and conscious continue to wake up your friends mark thank you for your voice you are care and action good night sir Bob, always a pleasure to hear from you. Thanks so much for the call. Absolutely. Uh, These uh, three uh, wizards, you could call them, these three alchemists, using technology for healing purposes, using technology for the betterment of humanity, all had their very prime um, understanding of nature based in resonance, resonance, okay, vibration, coming into unison, as you said, Bob, unison in thought, emotion, and action, but these sound waves, these vibratory energies that each one of them worked with, it all had to do with resonant frequencies, okay, and that's what the the dark occultists the, the dark controllers, the one who's want, who want to pu- put out all of this poisonous energy and in, in, infest the worldview of humanity, okay? Um, they're putting out things to disrupt resonance and to disrupt unity, to disrupt unison in our vibratory energy and thought forms because that's what creates disease. That's what will continue to keep us in a low state of vibratory consciousness and help to keep us in a state of self-loathing where we won't want to forgive ourselves, admit that we were wrong, and then simply take the, the, the willful steps to change those actions and behaviors. If we really think about it, it isn't that difficult. It's a shift in perception followed by a shift in action. It can be done in any aspect of our lives, whether it comes to eating different taking in different forms of media, paying attention to different things and people, behaving differently, you know, thinking differently, etc., holding a, a, a different way of seeing ourselves. So let me give a few more examples. I really want to give some examples, okay? People who are attached to the way things are, to believing that it has to be this way. It has to be the way that it always has been. 
If we let up on this level of control, oh, there'd be chaos. It's all fear-based thinking, as Bob said. That's the thing that ultimately always holds us back is fear. That's why we can't forgive ourselves. There's something we're afraid of that we don't want to admit to ourselves. You know, look at, in the past, I gave the example of a cop who was an African-American cop who said that he would enforce segregation if it was enacted into law tomorrow. He would oppress other African-American individuals and step on their rights and make them be segregated from the rest of the population if the law writers, if the legislators said, this is law now. Because this isn't a person who ultimately cares about himself. He can't possibly. How could you possibly make a statement that you care about yourself or even anyone else for that matter when you're willing to take totally immoral action just because someone in a position of perceived authority told you that it was okay? It doesn't make a difference what's law, what's written down as law by man. It only makes a difference what's right or wrong. This whole belief in authority all ultimately stems from Someone who thinks, who actually believes in his, the base essence of himself, that he can ever hand away personal responsibility to another person. Oh, the response, I'm just doing my job, is the, is the tagline. That's the mantra of these individuals, these self-loathing individuals. Oh, if, if alcohol segregation came back today and people who had every right to drink a beer today, if they told me that was outlawed tomorrow, I'd go and bust their head, is what that, that guy would say. Well, if they told you you were allowed to just go and indiscriminately kill and rape, you'd probably do that too, wouldn't you? If you're being honest and not lying to yourself, the answer is probably yes. Because somebody like that hates themselves so much that they just want to give away their responsibility to think. That's the truth, ladies and gentlemen. No matter how hard you want to rail against it, no matter how hard, how much you don't want to accept that reality, that is the truth. That's the condition that a person like that exists in. That they hate personal responsibility, they hate thinking for themselves, because ultimately they hate themselves. That's it. No one would ever, ever act like that if they didn't hate themselves, ever, okay? The people, the, the people like soldiers who follow orders and go in, off to foreign lands to wage imperialistic wars of aggression over natural resources, they can't possibly really truly love themselves or anyone else. They can make a statement that they do. They can claim that they love themselves or someone else, but that also will never make it true. Your actions are ultimately betraying how you really feel. You can't have any true self-respect and still do those actions because you're attempting to give away something that you can't ever give away that's a part of yourself, that's your own personal responsibility to think for yourself and to make your own decisions. And you can't ever give that away to another person. I'm going to give a couple of other examples. On the other side, I'm going to give a personal example on the other side that happened during this holiday break. 
in the couple of weeks that I was off. Okay, and then after that, I want to talk about the allegorical television series Seinfeld. Yes, you may have never thought about it that way before, but I want to talk about how that's all about not truly forgiving oneself and where that and Hey guys, gets it's you. Chris Geo of Truth Frequency. Welcome back, everyone. This is the last segment for this edition of What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. I want to get into two dynamics before I wrap up the show here today. I'm going to give an example of self-love and self-forgiveness. Really, it's the opposite of that, unfortunately. It's uh, the dynamic of self-loathing and the refusal to forgive oneself and uh, attempt to set things right and uh, do the right thing. Um, When you uh, are at a higher level of consciousness and then you're around uh, other members of the family who fail to see what's really taking place, fail to really have developed that dynamic of care so that they can truly open their eyes and then change their actions and behaviors, um, it can be difficult. But uh, I'll give a personal example. Without mentioning any names, I was at a family member's home who was with a meal that was otherwise fairly decent, was drinking um, aspartame-laden diet, a diet drink. And I said, well, look at that ingredient. Uh, It was diet iced tea, you know, powdered diet iced tea uh, mix (laughs) made with unfiltered water from the tap uh, as well. So we're talking about a sludge of a chemical cocktail. Let's, let's be honest. Okay. Um, and I said, Hey, you know what that is? You know what that's doing? And I had made the, this, these individuals aware at many other times that these are excitotoxins that you shouldn't be putting them into your body in any quantity because they affect the central nervous system and the brain in extremely horrid ways. And I said, I'll go and make a fresh um, pitcher of iced rooibos tea, bring it over here right now. I'll sweeten it, whatever you want, natural sweetener that I have, raw sugar, uh, raw agave nectar or um, some uh, organic stevia extract, whatever you want me to put in it, I'll put in it to sweeten it. If you like it sweet, if you like it unsweetened, I'll make it that way. And I'll go do that right now and bring it over here. All you have to do is toss those glasses that you have poured and toss that pitcher. And I'll bring over, you know, an, or a pitcher of good organic rooibos iced tea. And they wouldn't do it. Now, you know, I don't live far from these individuals. Uh, and I was like, well, what's holding you back from doing that? Well, what? The, the $3 that you paid for? The, the tea mix? You know? I said, I'll go give you the bag of tea that I got, of organic tea that I have across, you know, uh, at my home. And um, you can have the remainder of it to make your own iced tea. All I want you to do is toss that because you're hurting yourself. Wouldn't do it. Couldn't admit that they were wrong. Couldn't admit that they're doing something that's harmful, that's poisonous. And just even if there's an alternative that even tastes better, 
just didn't want to admit it to themselves. And I said, you know, I just want to know what that is. Why can't you admit that what you're doing is harmful? And you know what it all comes down to is it's not even just ego that they don't want to admit that they're wrong. It's that they don't care enough about themselves. They don't really have care of self to want to develop the desire to want not to do that. They don't care about what they're putting into their body because they truly don't love themselves. And this was so much as admitted. When I was pressing the individual to say, you know, why won't you develop the desire to want to do something that you know is better for yourself? And they basically said, I just don't care enough. I don't care about myself that much. They basically said that. That was their answer. And it, it was honest, at least. I, I, I actually left not feeling bad because at least there was that honesty. At least they had gotten out of that very first step of stopping lying to themselves. They weren't continuing to lie to themselves about why they were doing it, which is what, you know, I was actually looking at the positive aspect of that. Even though it's a horrible thing to say, I don't even care about myself enough to stop drinking something that I pretty much know to be poison. You know, I'd rather I'd rather have the convenience and the and the and the good taste in the moment and the 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 habit that I know rather than you know make that little bit of effort to confront the unknown and try something new and change my habit. You know, exercise that little bit of will to change the existing habit. At least they were honest to say the reason I don't want to do that. They, they weren't BSing me. Okay? They weren't just blowing smoke up the rear end of the person who was uh, calling them on it. Okay, They were saying the truth. They were saying, I really don't care about myself enough to make that change. And I thought that was refreshing honesty, dark as it may be. See, that's maybe where it starts. Maybe it just starts with stop lying to yourself. Say the truth even if it's dark. Say the truth even if it means that in the moment, in the current conditions, you have a long, long way to go. Start from where you're at. Okay? So that's that. I'll leave that dynamic of self-loathing and versus self-forgiveness there for now because I just want to briefly talk about Seinfeld and why I have an image of the four major characters of the uh, former U.S. TV series, very popular TV series, Seinfeld, uh, on the image number eight on the, on the website. And this is because this is actually a Kabbalistic allegory about what happens when people stop caring about themselves or anyone else. See, they say that this was the show about nothing, but it wasn't really. It was actually a very involved allegory about callousness and apathy. Okay? And the individuals who write this show study and practice Kabbalah. Okay? Um, the gentleman who plays Kramer, I believe it's Michael Richards, is a high-level Freemason. Jerry Seinfeld studies Kabbalah, okay? These individuals are attempting to make an allegory that they are putting out there to the American public to show them what path we as a people in this country are on. The last episode is the telltale sign after all of the episodes, the many seasons, where these four individuals, 
notice there are only four, not five, okay? Earth, air, water, and fire, the material elements, the four material world elements, but lacking the fifth, lacking the spirit or the quintessence or the essence, the soul. These people are highly worldly obsessed, trapped in, in ego. They are apathetic to the needs and sufferings of their fellow human beings. And in the last episode, they witness direct suffering. They witness somebody being accosted and hijacked and beaten, and they just callously disregard it, laugh at it when they could have done something to stop it, or they could have done something to get the person help. They just go about their business. They ignore it because they don't care. They don't care about themselves or anyone else. They don't have any self-respect. They don't have any self-love, true self-love. So what ends up happening is they go to jail under a good Samaritan law. Now, I'm not picking up for like the idea of the, a court puts them away, okay? What it's showing you allegorically is that this is humanity. These four individuals are representative of humanity. And in abandoning their care, in abandoning their conscience, in giving in to the murderer of conscience and care, which is apathy, okay? Not caring. They have effectively landed themselves in a prison cell. And that's how the television series ended. This is an allegory. It's a allegory about the mystery traditions of consciousness. It's an allegory about natural law and Freemasonry and Kabbalah and all of the other ancient mystery traditions. Showing you that if you abandon the generative principle of care, you always end up in a prison. So the last slide on the page in image number nine is just reflecting that very dynamic that the true opposite of goodness is not really evil. It's what leads to evil, which is apathy. If we do not forgive ourselves and start caring about ourselves and other people, the only place we can possibly end up is in a state of enslavement. But that is our choice in the moment. And that's what we have to reflect upon and make this great prophecy year of 2012 be about that very choice about whether we're going to start truly caring for ourselves and others. That's all we have time for, folks. We'll see you next week on What on Earth is Happening. Stick around. Chris Everard. The world's first and only Swiss gold.